0: Hi there, ladies and gents. Anthony Taylor here with episode 12 of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, I am joined by Charles Jessup. Charles is an internal facilitator for an oil and gas company down in Texas, and his only job is to run around from meeting to meeting, helping people work more effectively. So the reason I wanted to have Charles on the podcast was because Um, We came to the realization that if you do not have a facilitator, you are the facilitator. And I totally get that a lot of organizations might not have the budget or the inclination to hire somebody to lead their meeting for you, but there's definitely a lot you can take from somebody whose only job is leading meetings and their company and their customer are the people within them. So I really hope you enjoy our discussion. We talk about you know some of the best practices for meetings, as well as how to engage your stakeholders and really walk into a meeting with clear objectives so you walk out of the meeting with a clear plan on how to move forward. So I hope you enjoy uh, mine and Charles's discussion, and I look forward to sharing with you very soon. Anthony Taylor here with the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, and today I have a very special guest. We're going to do a little slightly different podcast. I'm joined by Charles Jessup, who's a facilitation specialist um, down in uh, Texas. How are you, Charles?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm so amazing. Thank you. Um, so, just to give you guys all a, a background, uh, Charles uh, is so an internal facilitator for a big company. Actually, Charles, why don't you tell them a bit about you, and I'll tell them how we got connected.
1: Absolutely. So, my name is Charles Jessup. I'm a facilitator at Technip FMC. We are an oil and gas equipment and services company, and I, my job full-time is to help lead meetings, workshops, and events for the businesses throughout this company.
0: You said it way better than I would, so thank you for that, <laughs> um, and thank you for, for sharing with us. So Charles, uh, Charles reached out, he, he popped on SME Strategy, was looking at some of the tools that we have for strategic planning, and uh, I said, hey, you know, we're looking for some cool people to share their experience. And uh, And Charles has a unique perspective on organizations and organizations' development because his customers are different. Um, So Charles, why don't you speak a little bit about like who your customers are and what you like the most about being a a facilitator?
1: Absolutely. So my customers right now are internal customers to uh, our company. So it's managers throughout the organization who are looking to improve some part of their business. And they'll call me in and say, Charles, can you help us with uh, developing annual objectives for our team? Charles, can you help us lead a workshop where we uh, implement or come up with a plan to implement uh, some strategic priorities? Charles, can you help lead a workshop where we really map out some crucial processes so we can figure out how to make them bigger, better, faster, stronger? Those are the kind of things I do. And I love it. I love facilitating.
0: Awesome. And so, like, who, like, deploys you? Like, you're basically like a hired gun, but hired gun within the, the company, but, you know, why, there's a lot of people who talk about like death by meetings, right? You can have too many meetings. Right. But why is it like important to have meetings as an internal organization with or without a facilitator?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so any, anybody knows that uh, meetings can be good or bad. And one thing we like to tell people is everybody facilitates, but not everybody facilitates well. So there's lots of meetings um, that can be really draining for you or for your organization. If people show up and they don't know what the agenda is, and they never actually agree on anything or make decisions, maybe you assign action items, but nobody ever does them. These are really ineffective meetings and are a huge waste of time. But if done right, meetings can help align people, they can help uh improve communications, you can get decisions made, you can move things forward through meetings. So it, it all depends on how well it is how well it's run and uh, how well prepared your meeting leader or facilitator is.
0: Got it. And so everybody knows, you know, we weren't like, oh, let's make a real big plug for for <laughs> having facilitators. And you know, if you want to use a facilitator, you know, please do call us. SME strategy will facilitate your meeting. But within that it was, we really wanted to, uh, show and explain and demonstrate how these meetings can really accomplish a lot, um, just by putting people in a room. And then before we sort of get back into that, like, I'd like to just touch on your journey, Charles, because you weren't always a facilitator. You, uh, did a different process that was equally as important to, to business growth. And that's, that's what we're about. We just want to talk about stuff that's going to help your organization move forward. So, do you want to speak to your like pre-facilitation days?
1: Absolutely. Um, so, my first job after business school was with a consulting company called Realization Technologies. They uh, did critical chain project management and other process management, process improvement uh, consultings. So, we would go in and help companies figure out how they could increase throughput. That was always the driver then. How can we get more out the door? Um, so I, as part of that role, I would help uh, facilitate meetings and align objectives around how we were going to accomplish that. Um, then I moved. got a call from FNC Technologies, who is now Technique FNC, and uh, they offered me a similar job but moving back home in Houston. So I jumped on that and I joined their business excellence division. There it was still mostly process improvement based, but I started taking more of a uh, leading and facilitating role. So I would facilitate process mapping sessions, or I would facilitate process improvement sessions, or I would facilitate meetings where we were coming up with how we were gonna implement the plan to improve a particular area. And so from then my my. Uh, my facilitation scope grew beyond the uh, process improvement area. I went to, uh, spent a year or two in a, a global processes role, which was very interesting uh, and enlightening. Things move at a very different pace at a global level in a large company. And then a position opened up um, where they were going to create a whole department just around facilitation. And I had uh, the manager of this new department contact me and said, Hey, we might be com- creating something that's just going to be about facilitation. And your name keeps coming up when I ask who sh- I should hire. Would you be interested in something like this? So I said, Absolutely. So uh, I've been in this role full time facilitation for about a year and a half now. And, uh, it's, it's really been fun. Learned a lot. Facilitation isn't just Something you do because you have to. It can be a whole skill. It is a whole skill, right? There's a lot that can go into planning a meeting, making sure it runs smoothly, making sure it ends properly, and that everybody's clear on what happened. So I'm I'm uh, pretty passionate about it now.
0: That's cool. So uh, so within those meetings, and you talked about you know that your job before was ultimately to to increase throughput and and arguably the same thing you do now as a facilitator but even as some an organization maybe it's a small nonprofit, maybe it's just an SME who just you know might not have a budget for a facilitator what are some of the takeaways that they can you know apply right away to say okay here are some maybe two or three tips and tricks that they can take to really like affect the bottom line not just within the meeting but of the entire organization through one of these meetings
1: Absolutely. So, so, the three easiest things to fix on meetings. Number one, start off your meeting by telling everyone in the room the purpose of the meeting, right? The first words of your mouth should be, the purpose of this meeting is, and then you say whatever the purpose of the meeting is. I can't tell you how many meetings I've sat in where I'm wondering 30 minutes later, why am I here? And if I'm wondering it, everybody else is too, right? That's not an effective meeting, you need to start off right away the purpose of this meeting is. And sometimes I've uh, been in meetings where, you know, you'll ask, what is the purpose of this meeting? And if it takes them five or six tries to articulate it, maybe you didn't need to have this meeting in the first place, you know? So you can uh, help reduce the death by meetings by just planning out ahead of time what is the purpose. Um, the second key trick I would uh, share with your listeners is plan your meetings. Don't just show up and hope to wing it or figure it out as a go. Um, for Im- important meetings, I always uh, have a written plan where um, I'll write out, you know, why are we having this meeting, who's involved, what do we hope to accomplish, um, those, all those key questions. Uh, for less important meetings, it can be a quick checklist, but good planning and preparation can make a big difference. And then the last tip I would uh, uh, share with your listeners is make sure you end the meeting properly. A lot of meetings end with, um, well, it's 2 o'clock. I guess we got to get out of here because somebody else needs a conference room, right? And then it's just everybody leaves and nobody knows what happens next. So always save a few minutes at the end of your meeting. Have a clear wrap-up. Today in this meeting we talked about X, Y, and Z. The decisions we made were 1, 2, and 3. Here's an outstanding issue, you know, Joe is going to go resolve it. He should have a a report back to us in two weeks, right, Joe? Yes, right. So that that clear wrap-up and and conclusion can really help make sure that everybody leaves on the same page and make sure that uh, any outstanding actions from the meeting get written down and get accomplished.
0: Perfect. So the yeah, the three things like in a book. Why are we here? Let's talk about what we're going to be doing here. Let's talk about the thing that we're doing, and then recap the thing that we're doing. So uh, I totally understood that. So like these meetings, of course. So now we know how to run them well. Like what kind of what kind of stuff can you talk about, like on on a strategic level, to make sure that. You know, we we got some C levels, some directors, some boards here. What are some of the things that are, are really good uses of meetings and how do they translate into, you know, really results for the organization? Hmm. So like one of them you mentioned was process improvement mapping, and then another one that okay. I see here is like the the transportation handling instructions and the process hmm. that you like made like had results for it. So like, why would people have those meetings and and what can they be used for?
1: Specific examples of, uh, stuff that we've done in the past was you mentioned transportation and handling instructions. That was a, uh, series of meetings that we helped facilitate. Um, we have something called transportation and handling instructions and they're written by engineers and used by truck drivers and crane operators. And this document's been around for years. And the problem was, as far as we can tell, nobody had ever asked the truck drivers and crane operators what they needed on the transportation and handling instructions. So these engineers would write these things based on other examples, and we call them THIs, transportation and handling instructions. They would look at other THIs. They would write their own based on that. And uh, they would give all this information that the truck drivers did not need, they would fail to include that the truck drivers, the information the truck drivers actually needed. And it was just such such a waste and inefficient process. Um, We identified during a value stream mapping meeting of engineering processes uh, that we identified the THI as a key area to improve. So then we set up a follow-on series of meetings where we got together the engineers, the planners, the procurement people, the the, um, shipping and logistics, and most importantly, the truck drivers, and asked them, let's talk about this document. How does the process work now? How do we want it to work in the future? And what do we need to change to get it from where it is now to where it is in the future? what what are the, the needs from you as truck drivers of this document, right? And then we listened. And uh, we were pretty – the engineers in the room got uh, a little bit defensive because they were trying to justify why they were including all this other information. And then it just came down to, look, the, the, your customer doesn't need it. Quit doing it. <laughs> Give them the information they need. So uh those were were some meetings we we helped facilitate and results from that are pretty pretty positive. Uh I don't have large statistical data on uh overall re- number of reports but we've talked to several truck drivers after um, these documents went live and they are much much happier with them. These these things went from like 70 pages long to 3 or 4 or 5 pages long. So it's much easier to find what you need. Imagine handing a truck driver a 70-page document and say, you have to follow this. And it's written in, you know, engineer speak.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, well, it's funny as you're (laughs) saying that story, and thank you for that, that, you know, there's a lot of people, I I assert that there's a lot of people who say, okay, let's, you know, the exact same document that you're speaking of are like a traditional strategic plan. Imagine giving your employees or your staff or volunteers you know a 40 page strategic plan for them to understand and at the leadership level you know are you creating your strategic plan in a silo based on the things that you assume to be true without actually talking to either your users or your customers and it, to your point and I think it's universal that you know once you actually involve the ultimate user in the end of the process that it makes their experience a lot happier and it makes them more productive and it actually accomplishes the end result. So, if you're going to like reverse engineer that, it sounds like you know you start with a hypothesis of what you're trying to achieve, and which is another use for you know the meaning itself is to okay figure out what is this meaning for? Well, we're going to clarify this hypothesis whether that's what are our strategic priorities whether that like what are our customers doing now and in the future or what are the risks that are waiting uh, like around for us and then putting together uh, like actually talking to your stakeholders so in your case you had the engineers as well as the truck drivers as well as everybody else involved in that process and then through those series of meetings and series of like data then you come up with something that's actually like usable, that's easy to understand and easy to, to work from. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Um, cool. So like, what is another piece of um, like either being a facilitator or that you see within uh, organizations that um, would help people? Like, how can people work better with their people? What, what is one of the things that might be like a risk to people work collaborating effectively together?
1: Oh, you mentioned collaboration. That's another passion of mine. So uh, the way our, our company is structured, the facilitation team here is part of the overall uh, knowledge management group. We call it the Center for Innovative Collaboration and Knowledge Management. So we're all about connecting people. Um, facilitation is an example and a use of connecting people together, of helping them share what they know and put that knowledge into a good use, whether it's developing a strategic plan, whether it's developing a process map or, um, an implementation plan, whatever it is, it's, it's all about the collaboration. Um, I talk for a bit about some, some reasons why, uh, meetings sometimes end up in a bad spot and how to avoid it. Sure. So sometimes meetings end up, uh, going off in a bad direction. And there's a, a few common causes of that. One is unclear purpose, which I talked about earlier. It's, it's uh, crucially important to start off by talking about the purpose. Sometimes the meanings go off in a bad spot, even if your purpose is clear, because your participants have a pre-existing history together and this history that they have sometimes isn't very good, right? So imagine bringing together two families that are in the middle of a blood feud and trying to resolve some issue. Whatever you say, it's going to be divisive because of who's involved. You're going to have people disagreeing with people, not based on uh, logic issue. or yeah. the issue, but because of their past, right? So you have to know these things, and you have to be able to uh, – to know the histories of the participants. Um, Try to, during your preparation for these meetings, talk to several of the meeting participants ahead of time and ask them, hey, are are there any potential issues that might come up during this session um, that we should be aware of? And if it does come up, um, try to, to figure out if it's, if the disagreement is really about the issue itself or if the disagreement is deeper and more personal, because you have to treat those differently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, how do you, if you get them in the same room and then that still happens, like how do you make that work? Because you sort of got to put the pieces that you have together in a way that makes sense. So, you know, other than just Mm -hmm. like clearing the air, is there anything else that that works with that or you just get rid of everybody and and do it without talking to anybody? (laughs)
1: So it, it, it depends on the situation, right, and, and who's involved. Um, sometimes I've uh, said, hey, you know, this has been a, a pretty heated topic, so let's take a 10-minute break and come back to it. And one thing as a facilitator, I like to always address what everybody knows is going on, right? So if you say, if you hear two people shouting at each other, and I've had the case where two people have started standing up and leaning into each other right um, then you know something's going on everybody in the room knows something's going on so don't try to hide it or pretend it doesn't exist say all right let's take a break let's uh, give us everybody a chance to cool off and then during the break I will go talk to one or two of the uh, participants whose temper is flaring up and say hey how's it going? What's going on? (laughs) Well, why you seem to be very emotional in your last few comments. Can you tell me about that? And they do. They've They're. My experience, they're always willing to share what's going on. Um, Sometimes it's a, this guy, you know, he's everything that's wrong with the world. And okay, why? Well, he got the job I wanted, right? Sometimes it's something like that. And then you, you have to just you you have to get it out in the open and figure out what the real issue is. Sometimes they're arguing about issue A, but they're really in uh, arguing about issue B, but not telling anybody. Right? It's it's uh, arguing about uh, how do you say with a arguing about a, a front. Yep. So get get to the root, get to the heart of it, and you can then you can solve it
0: got that and so yeah and, and i would echo that as well uh, when working with people whether it's in the meeting uh format or if it's just in in like on a one-on-one that just being able to acknowledge the person and like recognize what's going on once they actually like a lot of times it's just on their chest and mm-hmm. until you get rid of whatever's going on in their head they're not going to be able to hear a single word that you say And again, either one-on-one or in a group session, they've got something going on in their head that they just need to sort of like clear the air and get it out. And once they get it out, they can actually talk about the subject that's at hand. Um, And what's crazy that I've found uh, is that often in these meetings, you all work for the same company. You work for the same division, you're on the same project, and you're just trying to do things slightly differently. And the reason that like somebody comes in whether it's an external facilitator or whether you're like tasked with this meeting or you're the CEO or the executive director, like you're the facilitator. There might not necessarily be or a board chair. There might not be that title, but that's your role. That's your job. And so getting to get everybody's perspective and then find not even that common ground. Yes. Yes. But also because people are often saying the exact same thing just in different words that they can't even hear each other. Yeah. And, and and that's all it is, is just making sure that what people are saying and what people are trying to communicate is being heard. Because so often it just falls on deaf ears and people just don't hear about it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. So, uh, Charles, you're you're doing a talk uh, coming up soon in May. What's uh, What's that about?
1: I am, yes. I'll be speaking at the uh, International Association of Facilitation's North America Conference. Um, I'm uh, speaking on May 8th. It's in Florida this year. And uh, I'll be talking on the subject of how to facilitate a process mapping session. So this is something that I do a lot of. We will be uh, going through the example of how to how um, the process of how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it's harder than you think it is. Mm. So uh, if any of your listeners can uh, stop by in the conference and say hi, I would love to hear from them.
0: Awesome. So if y'all are in the southeast and want to learn how to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich, <laughs> um, do go make sure you attend Charles's session. And, and I, I'm not familiar with how to make a, a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I am familiar with how to brush your teeth. And it's, uh, it's exactly what he said, surprisingly hard, and when you're leading something like that to however many hundreds or thousands of people, it's a very, very valuable skill to learn. Um, so I won't, I won't spoil it. you got to go see uh, Charles' uh, Charles's doc. Where, where is it at? What's the conference again?
1: It's uh, in West Palm Beach, Florida on May 8th. It's the International Association of Facilitation.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Charles. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Um, So everybody, it's been Charles Jessup. I've been chatting with Charles Jessup, who is the Facilitation Specialist at Technobab FMC. Thank you so much, Charles.
1: Thank you.